Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, January the 19th, 2023. It is currently 2.36 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, yesterday, I tried our epic intro music, right? If you remember yesterday's broadcast where we talked about this very topic, if you remember the broadcast, you know which broadcast I used it in. But I hit the play button for the epic intro music, and we all saw how that episode ended. Not in an epic way. It ended in a disaster because the internet crashed right as we got about the 40-minute, 43-minute mark, and it really messed up everything. I edited that episode a little bit, you know, posted it, so I still feel like we accomplished a little bit, but it really left me going, hmm, why? why did that go wrong? But you know what? You can't control that. So, but I am going to do this today. I'm not using the epic intro music. I, 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 I have removed it. I have deleted it from my software. I mean, it's still on my computer, but it's not in the studio software. So you don't get that epic music. I, I apologize for that, but, but I, I, don't, I don't trust it. I don't tr- I'm going to blame the music for the internet crashing. I know it really has no connection to it, but I'm not going to use it. So you don't get the... The intro music to get you excited, but hopefully the topic has you at least interested. Maybe not excited, because I can tell you this. the This topic doesn't excite me as much as it kind of frustrates me, but hopefully the series will prove to be beneficial. If you haven't been with us, we have been looking at how pastors buy their sermons. And so what we did is we started talking about that whole world where there's all of these different sites and subscription services where pastors can basically pay money and they will have a completed sermon sent to them or the subscription service or the company they're utilizing. They can purchase specific research like, you know, give me an outline for the book of Romans or give me a book overview or, or you can just basically whatever you need. There are companies out there that will give you whatever you need so that you can have a sermon ready to go the next time you stand behind the pulpit. Pastors are buying their sermons. Now, I still believe at this point that I don't think most Christians care. I don't think Christians care where the pastor gets the sermon as long as they like the sermon, as long as they think the sermon is biblical, theologically sound, whatever the case may be, whatever will make them happy. As long as they're happy, they don't really care how the pastor came about the sermon. Now, there are some individuals who do care, but I'm speaking in the majority. So we've been looking into this world, and here's what we did. We went to SermonCentral, I believe, .com, SermonCentral.com. Let me make sure I've got the website correct. SermonCentral.com. And we purchased what they call a sermon series kit. We paid $50. I purchased it live on the air. $50. We downloaded all of the instructions and all of the, the, the materials. I went through the kind of the planning guide, which was nine pages of basically marketing, like, hey, here, you've got your sermons, but you don't spend time focusing on the sermon. You spend your time planning, 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 because the goal of the sermon series really, and I, and I hate to say this, but at least from the material we looked at, I think it would be absolutely fair to say this. According to the way the material is organized and where the emphasis is, the emphasis is on planning Create a strategy so that you can build your church by bringing in more people. And the sermon series is really secondary. It's not spiritual growth. It's numerical growth. It's not spiritual growth. It's becoming a bigger church, a more influential church, having more, having, making sure there's name recognition, brand recognition. It seems to be marketing, 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 marketing. So in some ways, you're not really buying a sermon series as much as you're buying a a marketing strategy and the sermon the sermons are there simply so that you don't have to waste your time focusing so much on the sermon you can focus on utilizing the sermon series 
to build your, I don't even want to say church, to build your business, to build your corporation, because it's like the church has become a business more than it's become a church. Now, I know some may say that that's an unfair criticism, but it's definitely not unfair criticism based off the whole buying your sermons concept that's so that's prevalent within much of evangelicalism and the whole marketing strategy that churches around the country utilize. Because I cannot tell you how many times I've seen I'll get an, either something in the mail or I'll see it online, some church promoting their new sermon series, and I'll look at it, and almost not every single time, but most of the time I can look and go, they bought that sermon series. I know exactly where they bought that from. I've seen that sermon series used in 50 different churches. It's the same artwork. It's the same promo video. They purchased that. They purchased a sermon series kit. Now, I, I point that out to people and some people are like, I don't care. I like the sermon series. I don't care where they got it. I, I just think that there's something wrong with that because a sermon, and I remember, I, I believe the entire sermon concept just needs to be destroyed as it is. And we need to get back to just people who care about figuring out what the text says. But those are all of my criticisms. We have now started digging in. So we've looked at the nine pages of their planning guide. We've looked at that, and then we opened up sermon number one, which is called Live Ready, Week One, Ready Your Soul. Now, we, 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 made, it, we made it a little bit further. We, well, we, I'll put it this way. We didn't make it as far as I wanted um, and because of the technical difficulty. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go back and just remind you a little bit. This is what we're going to do in this one. I'm going to remind you a little bit about, what's in, about well, sermon one. I'm going to try to remind you of a very important concept. And then what we're going to do is we're going to listen to a church that, well, preached this sermon series that they clearly purchased. All right. And we're going to just see how it plays out in real time. So this should be fun. This should be exciting. So sit back, maybe grab something to write with, and let's dive into the world of pastors buying their sermons. Right now, right here next to me. Is the sermon that I paid $50 for. Now, to be fair, I paid $50 for four sermons. So you could break it down per sermon, but I paid $50. And here's the first sermon that was a part of the sermon series kit called Live Ready, Week One, Ready Your Soul. Now, the first thing they give you is the big idea. I want everyone to remember this big idea. The most important aspect of being ready is having a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what they really want you to know. If you're going to be ready, you must have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the big idea. We do not know when he will return, but one day he will. We must all take an honest assessment of our hearts and lives and ask ourselves if we have placed our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus and the saving work he did on the cross. Once we make this decision, we don't have to be afraid of anything that might come our way. So that's the big idea. We looked at that big idea. Okay. Then they give the prayer, which is, Lord, help us to live vigilant and ready lives as we commit fully to you and your ways. Let us prosper through the highs and lows of life as you faithfully lead us. That's the prayer. So they give you the big idea. They give you the prayer. Then the scriptures. Now, if you remember, we looked at all of them. Matthew 24, 42 through 44. That's Matthew 24, 42 through 44. John chapter 16, verse 33. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Now, when we looked at the scriptures, let's be fair. Some of them were kind of like, wait a minute, how does this really fit the big idea? Some of them we could kind of see. Some of them I was like, I don't know. And so this, I brought up a very important point, And this was the key to yesterday's episode. And I'm going to drive this point home again. When you're listening to sermons, when you're listening to Bible teaching, what you always need to try to determine is what is the main thesis of this sermon? What is the main thesis of this Bible teaching? What is the main thesis? And then you have to ask yourself this question. Once you, once you can determine what that thesis is, what in a sense, what is the big idea? Then you have to ask yourself, is this thesis, 
is this big idea being imposed on the scripture that is being used in the sermon? Or does this big idea and does this thesis arise from the scripture that's being used? Is the idea being placed upon the text or does the idea arise from the text? Now, this requires discernment. This requires you paying close attention and asking lots of questions. But I think it's something that people don't realize happens because pastors will preach as if the idea came from the text. But so many times, if you're really honest with the text, if you really look at the text, you really look at the context, you look at the the pronouns and who they are about and all of those things that we've talked about recently, so many times you will notice, no, 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 no. That idea is not coming. This text does not get me to that idea. They're imposing the idea upon the text. And I've said so many times when a pastor just has an idea, has a thesis, has a hypothesis, that it's better just to come to the pulpit and say, today, I'm just going to share this idea, this theory that I have. And then I'm going to just maybe, I may reference some scriptures that I think are connected, but I'm just really here to preach my idea. But you're not allowed to do that because people will be like, oh, I can't do that. So instead, you disguise that you're preaching your idea as if you're preaching the text. But in reality, you're imposing your idea upon the text versus you're preaching the text and this idea arises from it. Now, I don't know if everyone under, I, this is one of those situations where I probably need to talk about this in front of the people at my church to see if they understand what I'm saying. I haven't received a lot of emails about this, maybe because all of the t- technological problems we had yesterday and the technical issues, people kind of just forgot that concept, but I really would like more conversation and discussion in regards to if you understand it, if it makes sense to you, and uh, have you paid attention to sermons to see, whoa, 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 that idea is being imposed on that. That text doesn't actually say that. It doesn't prove that. There's no way you can build that idea from that text. So it's being imposed on it. It's not rising from it. When we looked at these scriptures, some of them I was like, well, I don't know. Is maybe, maybe they kind of relate to that idea. Whatever. So then here was the introduction. Good morning once again, friends. I'm thankful you decided to join us either in person or online. Today, as we begin a brand new sermon series, uh, uh, over the next four weeks, we will be talking about how to live ready. And as we all know, life can throw some pretty wicked curveballs our way. Not to mention we live in the midst of constant change. This constant change can cause us to question God, be confused in our faith, and have doubts. Have you ever struggled with doubts about faith? Then the sermon again, that we paid $50 for, launches into this. I want to introduce you to a guy named John Wesley, who lived in England from 1703 to 1791. He was the 15th of 19, he was the 15th of 19 kids, and his mom homeschooled them all. His father was a pastor in the Anglican church, and John himself became a pastor in the same church. Early on, as a minister, Wesley struggled with doubts about his faith, He shared with his good friend, Peter Bowler, and Bowler gave him some good advice. Preach faith until you have it, and then, because you have it, you will preach faith. Basically, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Right now, we we had some serious issues with what the content of this sermon, but again, someone purchased this. I mean, there's some major theological issues here, and not only that, it creates the atmosphere that, hey, if the pastor, if you don't have the faith or you've got questions, you've got doubt, you just fake it until you make it, which I would say, no, you come to the pulpit and be very open and transparent, but that's a whole different uh, concept. So there, and I'm just reviewing a little bit of the sermon, right? That kind of gets you started. Now they go on to say that Wesley took the advice and soon led someone to the Lord by preaching faith alone in Christ. This person gladly accepted the message and his life changed immediately. Wesley was surprised at this guy's sudden life change because Wesley himself hadn't experienced similar changes. 
Soon after, on May the 24th, 1738, at 8.45 p.m., Wesley was at a meeting of believers, and as he was listening to someone read Martin Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans, Wesley says, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ and Christ alone for my salvation, and an assurance was given to me that I had taken away that that he had taken away my sins and even mine and saved me from the law of sin and death. God unexpectedly showed up at that moment. Wesley felt his heart strangely warmed and discovered he did have faith. God can show up in any situation at any moment and change a life, often when we least expect it. With Wesley, the rest is history. His life did change. He went on to start the Methodist movement in both England and the United States. When he died at the age of 88, he left behind 130,000 people who gave their lives to Christ. He had hundreds of thousands of dollars passed through his hands that he channeled to the poor, to widows, to the hungry, and more. He died nearly broke with only a few coins in his pocket because he distributed so much wealth to those in need and keeping a bare minimum for himself. Throughout this series, we're going to talk about how God can show up in any situation at any moment and how we must learn to live ready through the highs and lows of life. Once again, if you go from the big idea to this opening illustration to the scriptures, to me, there's, there was massive kind of just disconnect on how I'm supposed to fit all of this together. But that is kind of the beginning of the sermon, all right? Now, I should logically continue with the sermon so that you get a sense of it, but we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're now going to go to a sermon. Someone who's a listener has been doing good research for me, and they found a number of sermons or a number of churches that's using this series, that clearly purchased this series and use this series. And we're going to drop into one and just see what they do with it, how closely they follow it. Are we sure it's the same sermon series? Some of those types of things. So here we go. This one, if I remember correctly, and I've watched a lot of them, um, uh, I, I believe, I don't know if this one used all the artwork I don't, I don't know if this, uh, this one, it may not have been, it may not have been as obvious that they purchased it. In other words, they may not have had the, 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 uh, artwork on the screens. They may not, I don't think they played the opening video. So this one, I think is a little bit more like, Hey, we bought it, but we don't want anyone to know we bought it, but if they give it the exact same name. So it was weird because some of the churches clearly they used all the material. But the preaching didn't seem to necessarily follow it. Others didn't necessarily show all of the material, like the videos or the graphics. But they seemed to follow the sermon. So it's kind of like, I think people kind of buy these things for different reasons. But let's just see what happens. I hope you're ready. Here we go. We're going to listen to this. We're going to begin reviewing this first one. Here we go. I've got a lot to share this morning. I've got a new series that I'm going to launch into we're titled it uh, live ready live ready about remaining faithful in difficult times how many stop right here now i do not i want to be very careful here i want to be very careful here and i don't want to accuse someone of something all right i don't want to accuse someone of something but let we're going to i'm going to back this up i'm backing this up maybe way too far but i'm going to back it up and we'll we'll flow right back into this all right so just stay with me all right we purchased this sermon series for $50 it is called live ready remaining faithful in difficult times now if they purchased this same sermon series they didn't give it the title he says we entitled no you didn't entitle anything if you purchased this sermon series, you didn't give it the title. So why did it say we entitled? So there is already making me a little nervous. Just listen to this again. I backed this up a little too far, but that's okay. You can hear. I think they had some woman giving a testimony before, and then he starts talking about her testimony, and then they get ready to uh, ease into the sermon. So, well, you're going to have to hear a little bit beforehand, but that's okay. Just listen to when he says, I'm going to begin a new sermon series. It's called, and, and then he says, we entitled it, Live Ready, Remaining uh, Faithful in Difficult Times. And I'm literally looking at what we just purchased, and that's the exact title. <laughs> okay, so here we go. 
mindful of God's greatness and, and really our finiteness. We often think of ourselves as being really important. We've got a lot to share this morning. I've got a new series that I'm going to launch into. We're titled it uh, Live, Ready, Live Ready, about remaining faithful in difficult times. Now, let me just ask you, if he purchased a sermon series, should he say we entitled it, or do you think that's no big deal? Do you think I'm being too picky here? If I purchase a sermon series, and then I say, we're about to launch into a, a sermon series that I entitled, or that we entitled, who's the we? You and the person who wrote the sermon series? I, 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 I you, you, make, you make your own judgments. Here we go. How many agree that we're living in difficult times? Well, let me just tell you, if you think you're living in a difficult time, you should imagine living in many other places around the world. It's, it's unfathomable, the difficulty that many people live with on a daily basis. Few of us have a struggle knowing where our next meal is going to come from. Few of us live with an issue without utilities. Few of us live unhoused without shelter. Most all of us are blessed by having those basic needs met. Many, many people around the world, including many Christians, do not have those basic human needs met. And I'm not telling you that to make you feel guilty. I'm not telling you that to make you feel as if uh, uh, you need to do more. I'm telling you that to be reminders of how blessed we are. How blessed we are. Heard a story about a little girl. She asked her mother how the human race uh, got started. Okay, now this is not in the sermon that we bought. So maybe maybe they, 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 he really did come up with a, a sermon series with the exact same title. So maybe it's no big deal, or maybe it's the exact same one. We're going to find out. But he starts here with kind of a, a story that's really meant. Now, you can, you can, when he tells this story, you can ask yourself, what does this have to do with anything related to this sermon series about living ready in difficult times? Or is it supposed to be a joke to show you that we live in difficult times? All right, here we go. How blessed we are. Heard a story about a little girl. She asked her mother how the human race uh, got started. And her mom responded. She explained to her. She said, well, God created Adam and Eve and created the world. And there were no children on it. And then Adam and Eve had children. And then they had more children. And here we are today. A few days later, the little girl asked her dad the same question. And he explained to her how many, many years ago there were monkeys. And little by little, the monkeys kept breeding and breeding, and eventually they evolved and became more like people. And then they became people, and that's how we are today. So different points of view for sure. And she was confused, and she went back to her mom, and she said, Mom, you said God created people. Dad said we came from monkeys. How, how can that be? And she said, oh, honey, that's easy. I, I was telling you about my side of the family. Dad was telling you about his. Now, I, I, does that does that have anything to do with live ready, ready your soul? I, I don't know. I don't know. Is he gonna? Is he gonna just? It, was that just the what's sometimes referred to as an icebreaker? Just tell a joke. A lot of preachers pull use that as a technique. I'm not so good at do, doing that. I, I I don't really have no desire to do that. My I'm just like let's get started. Okay, but all right. It may, but it has nothing to do with the sermon that we bought yet. So, so may, maybe this is not the same sermon. May, maybe it just it's a coincidence. It's the same title, literally word for word. But maybe it's not the same one. Let's see. The most important aspect of being ready, living ready, is having a relationship with Jesus. Okay, now let's stop right here. Now, <laughs> he told the joke. The joke had nothing to do with anything. Now, please listen to these words, okay? I'm going to back this up. All right, please li listen to the... Okay, I'm, first, I'm going to read to what I bought. I'm going to read you from the sermon I bought. The most important aspect of being ready 
is having a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's see if that sounds familiar. Are you ready? Here we go. The most important aspect of being ready, living ready, is having a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> it's, the, it's almost word for word identical. But remember, he gave, they, they gave this sermon series the title. That's literally word for word. This comes from the big idea section. All right, but let, let's continue. Let's continue. That's the most important aspect. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't know when he's going to return. We Okay, now let me, let me read this again. The most important aspect of being ready is having a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We do not know when he will return. <laughs> it's, it's literally like I've, I paid $50 for the script that he's reading, but he's not given even a hint that he purchased this. He's telling everyone, hey, I'm going to begin a sermon series, we entitled, who's the we? Do you mean sermoncentral.com? Where did you buy this sermon? But okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is all a coincidence. I'm going to back, I'm going to back this all up. I'm going to back this all up. Oh man. Oh, the world of Christianity. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're going to back this up a little bit more. I, I went way back. All right, here we go. My side of the family, dad was telling you about his. Okay, that was the end of the joke that had literally nothing to do with any of this. Okay, had nothing to, that was just breaking the ice, had literally nothing to do. Then there's a long, there's kind of a pause. I don't know, five, 10 seconds. To me, what it feels like, and I'd have to watch the video, but it feels like he's pulling up the notes, like he's pulling up the sermon on the iPad or or whatever, wherever he has it, because he's getting ready to now literally read from the very script that I have in front of me. Here we go. Let me read the script for you. The most important aspect of being ready is having a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We do not know when he will return, but one day he will. All right, here we go. The most important aspect of being ready, living ready, is having a relationship with Jesus. That's the most important aspect. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't know when he's going to return. We, we believe that he is going to return. We believe that he could return at any time. And countless individuals that have lived before us for the past two and a half millennia have also believed and taught and preached and proclaimed that very same truth. Okay, now that part is added. He's just adding that people have for a long time have believed Jesus will return. All right, let's see. Let's see what happens next. But what this should do is not scare us. It should cause us to take an honest assessment of our hearts. <laughs> okay, I, I'm reading the script here. We must all take an honest assessment of our hearts. <laughs> oh, this is creepy. Okay, all right, here we go. But what this should do is not scare us. It should cause us to take an honest assessment of our hearts, of our lives. To ask ourselves the question, have we placed our faith, our hope, and our trust in the saving work of Jesus? All right. I'm going to read exactly from the script. We must all take an honest assessment of our hearts and lives and ask ourselves if we have placed our faith hope, and trust in Jesus and the saving work he did on the cross. Almost verbatim. He's just adding in a few little extra statements, but it's almost verbatim from the script. Have we considered what he did on the cross? As Louise reminded us, are we conscious of the stripes that he bore upon his back for our healing. Are we neglecting the promises of God? Or are we living with an awareness of them? Lord, we need your help. I need your help today. 
My prayer, Lord, is that you would help us to be vigilant. (laughs) He's literally using the prayer. He's literally, let me read the prayer. Lord, help us to live vigilant. He's literally, he even, oh, he's even using the prayer for crying out loud. You couldn't come up with your own prayer? (laughs) You go, oh boy, I got to back this up. I got to back this up. Okay. I need your help. I need your help today. My prayer, Lord, is that you would help us to be vigilant, that you would help us to live ready lives, that we would live committed fully to you and your ways. <laughs> Let me read this to you. Lord, help us to live vigilant and ready lives as we commit fully to you and your ways. Literally verbatim. He just made, he may have added like one little word here or there, but he's literally reading the prayer. He's literally reading the prayer. That you would help us to know how to prosper in you, whether we're experiencing high highs or low lows of life, not because of what we do, but because of what you do in us. And let me, again, the exact words, let us prosper through the highs and lows of life. He just put highs, highs and lows, lows. He just, he added just a a word here or there, but he literally is taking the prayer from the series that clearly he purchased, but he's, he made it sound like it's a series that they came up with a name for. And your faithful leadership in our lives as we submit ourselves to you. Help us now to look into your word with open hearts and minds to gain insight and clarity and knowledge and understanding concerning the things that you would have us to do and how you would have us to live. That we might walk and live in a way that brings you glory. Lord, we want to bring you glory. That's our reason for existence. You created us to bring and you can kind of tell now that he's not reading from the script now. Now, now he's adding this. This is not in the prayer that you, that's part of the purchase. You could kind of tell the first part, but now he's now he's just praying now. Now, now it feels more natural. Now it fo- feels more real, like he's not reading the script. You glory, whether it's in a friendship, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a parenting relationship, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's in a job whether it's in a sport, whether it's in a recreation activity, you want us to bring you glory. And I pray, God, that you would help us translate to us, impart into our souls, and help us to accept the challenge to live our lives to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, how many of you have ever had life throw a wicked curveball your way? <laughs> Literally. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Listen, this is directly from the script. As we all know, life can throw some pretty wicked curveballs our way. So instead of reading it, he's just saying, how, how? How many of you know life can throw some wicked curveballs? He literally uses the term wicked curveballs. Now, maybe he uses that in his normal everyday language, but literally he has to even use the word wicked curveballs. He couldn't just say, how many in life know, how many know that life throws some curveballs at you? No, he has to literally use the word wicked curveballs because it's right there in the text. This is... This is so over the top, right? Like, I mean, come on. If you're going to buy the sermon, at least, at least make the sermon yours. Literally, we're, this is what's happening in the church. What's being preached, they, they clearly just bought, they bought this. They bought this. I mean, like, oh man, okay. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remain calm, but this is so over the top. So, How many of you have ever had life throw a wicked curveball your way? Yeah, something unexpected, something that you had not anticipated, something that you never would have. Oh, now this is a good point. Maybe he sold his sermon for other people to buy. Now that may may be, may be. Well, we have to get his name and determine if he's the author of the sermon series that we're looking at. 
you, you could be right. Like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? So did this, is this the, no, I, no, I'm, no, I take this back. This cannot be. No, I, I take it back. Because we traced this back and found out that this sermon series was, has been around way before he preached this sermon. I think this is 2021, if I remember correctly. Hang on, let me look here if we have the date. Uh, this sermon series, we've traced it back to at least 2020. So, um, hang on. Good question. Whoever's listening, good question. Thank you for bringing this up because I don't ever, 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 ever want to uh, misrepresent something. So thank you. Thank you so very much for asking the question. Let me see here. This was preached. What year was this? Hang on. Let me look here. Uh, Let me see here. Wait, this was preached just a couple of days ago. Yeah, uh, this this is this this was preached just on Sunday. This was preached four days ago. Four days ago. This is a brand new sermon. They they clearly bought this sermon series. The sermon series we can trace back way before four days ago. Way before four days ago. So clearly, no, 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 no. He straight up bought this thing and is straight up just completely utilizing it. All right. So, no, this is a brand new sermon that we're listening to that bought this sermon series. And this sermon series was available before it was preached four days ago. It was available before that. In fact, I could probably find out that we, we know we, we can find churches that were using this sermon series going all the way back to 2020. And we know they were using it because they're using the exact same graphics and video. Okay, so this is crazy. Okay, we're going to back this up a little bit more. Here we go. Oh, a wicked curveball your way. Yeah, something unexpected, something that you had not anticipated, something that you never would have dreamt possible because of whatever reason. I know I've heard a lot of people say, well, God, why did you let this happen? I'm doing all things right. I'm living right. I'm serving you. I'm participating. I'm volunteering. I'm, I'm giving my tithe. I'm going to church. I'm serving my community. I work hard. I show up early. I stay late. God, why would you let me have a flat? God, why would you let someone I love get sick? Okay, now all of that is, uh, is uh, added all of that is additional. It's not here in the actual um, text, but it, it, he's carrying the idea because after the curveball comment, what you're supposed to say is, we live in a midst of constant change. These constant changes can cause us to question God, be confused in our faiths, or have doubts. All right, so now he's th- how some people could say, God, what about this? Or God, what about that? All right, so he's, he's taking the concept, building on it, and that's okay if you transform it. That's okay. It's just some of this he's literally taking literally line from line. But let's see. I'm curious to see how he's going to transition into the next part. Lord, why would you let my spouse die? Why would you allow these things to happen? And I wish I had an answer for all of those questions because I don't. But what I do know is that God calls us to live ready Because life is filled with constant change. And that constant change can often cause us to question God. (laughs) That constant, I'm going to read from the script, that that this constant change can cause us to question God. I mean, literally right from the script. To be confused in our faith and to have doubts. All right, let me read the whole thing. This constant change can cause us to question God, be confused in our faith, and have doubts. (laughs) Anybody ever struggle with doubts in your faith? The very next line in the script, have you ever struggled with doubts about faith? It's literally, it's, this is so weird. It's like literally watching someone 
Just, but again, I wouldn't have a problem if they said, hey, we bought this new sermon series and we're going to use it. No, he literally started off by saying, I'm going to start it. We're going to ready to start a four week sermon series that we entitled. No, you didn't entitle anything. It was entitled for you. Okay. And not only that, you didn't write most of this. It was written for you. And you're reading it literally word for word, just adding in at little points, just deviating a little bit, but not going too far from the script. I want to introduce you to a guy named John Wesley. <laughs> All right. Here's the, here, here's the script. I want to introduce you to a guy named John Wesley. <laughs> This is this is great. He can't even he can he has to read it like I want to introduce you to John Wesley. You're not introducing anyone to John Wesley. You didn't even read about John Wesley. You're reading what you paid $50 for. Did, uh, oh man. Okay. Someone said having to buy sermons is messing with my faith. You're, you're, you're not the only one. You're not the I gotta back this up. This is so crazy. Here we go possible because of whatever reason. I know I've heard a lot of people say, well, God, why did you let this happen? I'm doing all things right. I'm living right. I'm serving you. I'm participating. I'm volunteering. I'm, I'm giving my tithe. I'm going to church. I'm serving my community. I work hard. I show up early. I stay late. God, why would you let me have a flat? God, why would you let someone I love get sick? Lord, why would you let my spouse die? Why would you allow these things to happen? And I wish I had an answer for all of those questions because I don't. But what I do know is that God calls us to live ready because life is filled with constant change. And that constant change can often cause us to question God, to be confused in our faith, and to have doubts. And remember, that entire line is straight from the script. The constant change can cause us to question God, be confused in our faith, and have doubts. Literally, word for word. And then the very next line in the script, again, that we paid $50 for, it's in all bold. Have you ever struggled with doubts about faith? Watch what he does. Anybody ever struggle with doubts in your faith? <laughs> uh, I want to I'm introduce you to a, hard... a guy named John. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time keep taking this seriously. All right, here we go. Now he, and literally, after you are supposed to ask, have you ever struggled with doubt about faith? You're literally, you're supposed to say, I want to introduce you to a guy named John Wesley. <laughs> this is hilarious. All right, here we go. Anybody ever struggle with doubts in your faith? I want to introduce you to a guy named John Wesley. He lived in England from 1703 to 1791. He was the 15th of 19 kids. His mom homeschooled all of them. Literally, he's just reading. He's just reading this. He's reading this straight from the script, right? Straight from the script. Uh, Oh, boy. All right, here we go. His father was a pastor of Anglican Church, and John himself became a pastor in that same church. Early on as a minister, John struggled with doubts about his faith. He shared this with his good friend, Peter Bowler. And Bowler gave him some good advice. This is what Peter Bowler said to him. He said, preach faith until you have it, and then because you have it, you will preach faith. Preach faith until you have it, and then because you have it, you will preach faith. There's a modern twist on that statement that maybe you have heard and perhaps are a little more acquainted with. It basically says, fake it till you make it. (laughs) That's literally in the script. Basically, I'm reading from the script. Basically, 
fake it till you make it. And I just love, like, if you're listening to this, like, he's reading it like he knows about John Wesley. He knows about his good friend, Peter Bowler. He knows about this. Instead of saying, hey, I came across this section or in this sermon series that we bought, they gave us this illustration and I want to read it to you. No, 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 no. He's reading like you would sit there listening to this going, wow, my pastor knows about John Wesley or Peter Bowler. What would be fascinating What would be wonderful is if someone was sitting in the congregation who knows a lot about Peter Bowler and walk up and go, so what did you think about Peter Bowler saying that? And he'd be like, uh, what? I don't know anything about either of these guys. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but this is just so bad. All right. All right. Let's, let's, let's see. Let's see what happens here. Get out there. And do what's right, even if it doesn't feel right, until what's right begins to produce the right fruit and the right feelings follow. Okay, now he's kind of taking this in a slightly different direction. There was fake it until you, or what we say, fake it until you make it. That's the, that's the statement. Yeah, fake it till you make it. And he's like, okay, get out there and just fake it. Do the right thing, even if it doesn't feel right. And then sooner or later, you'll get the right fruit. And I guess that will give you the right feeling. We, we could get into a lot of theological issues with all of this. But hey, why would he care about the theological issues? He's preaching someone else's sermon, okay? Preach faith until you have it. And then when you have it, because you have it, you will preach faith. Wesley took that advice and soon after led someone to the Lord by preaching faith alone in Christ. And, and this person gladly... You can almost feel it. You can almost sense it when he slides back over to the script. Like you can see when he's not... When, he, when it's not the script, it's very natural. When he slides back over, you can almost see... Now he's looking back down at his notes and he's reading it verbatim. You can... You can, you can you can almost sense when that happens. He accepted the message and his life changed immediately. That word immediately is the key here because Wesley was surprised at the guy's sudden change of life. Because Wesley himself had not experienced a similar change. Okay, now we can get into a whole discussion about possible problems with law and gospel, but we won't get into all of that. But that, I just want you to know that is literally verbatim from the script. Let me read it to you. Wesley took that advice and soon after led someone to the Lord by preaching faith alone in Christ. I think he left that part out. This person gladly accepted the message and his life changed immediately. Now, the oh, the whole idea that immediately is the key word is not in here, but he goes on to say, Wesley was surprised that that guy's sudden life changed because Wesley himself hadn't experienced similar changes. All right, here we go. So soon after, on May 24th, 1738, at 8.45 p.m., John Wesley was in a meeting of believers in Aldersgate. He was listening to someone read Martin Luther's preface to the epistle to Romans. Wesley says this. He says, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ and Christ alone for my salvation. And an assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. What's he saying? Literally, word for word, from the script. Now, this part, he's getting ready to add. He's going to ad lib again. Here we go. He's saying God unexpectedly showed up at that moment. And Wesley... Actually, that's not true. He just read directly from the script again. Let me quote from the script. I'm looking at it right here. God unexpectedly showed up at that moment. (laughs) So he's... It's literally word for word. He felt in his heart that it was strangely warmed. And he discovered that he did have faith. Did you know that God can show up in any moment? All of this is verbatim from the script. God unexpectedly showed up at that moment. Wesley felt his heart strangely warmed and discovered he did have faith. God can show up in any situation at any moment and change a life. In any circumstance, in any situation, and bring change instantly. 
Did you know that God often does those things when we least expect him to? From, from the script, often when we least expect him to. <laughs> I mean, it's his it's straight word for word. Well, maybe you know some things about John Wesley. If not, I'll share a few more. With John Wesley, the rest is history. Maybe you don't know something about John Wesley, but I, I will share more. No, you're about to read what you paid $50 for. <laughs> what is that? You probably know no more than the people sitting in the pew about John Wesley. You know what you paid $50 for. And I don't even know if uh, if this, if, if, if you fact-checked any of this, okay? Because his life did change. He went on to start and found what was known as the Methodist movement in England and the United States. When he died at the age of 88, he left behind 130,000 people who had given their lives to Christ. And he... Literally, this is just verbatim from the script. But see, he's, he's, he's doing a good job in the way he's presenting it because he's presenting it like, hey, I know this. Like, this is, I know this. I learned this. I studied this. That's the way it comes across in just a kind of a way like, hey, you may not know these things about John Wesley, but let me tell you some more. You may not know anything about him, but let me tell you some more. No, how about you may not know anything about John Wesley, but let me tell you what I have learned when I paid $50 to buy a sermon series. He had had hundreds of thousands of dollars passed through his hands that he channeled to the poor, to widows, and to the hungry, and more. He died nearly broke with only a few coins in his pocket because he distributed so much wealth to those in need, keeping a bare minimum for himself. Literally, verbatim, from the script... Uh, he had hundreds of thousands of dollars passed through his hands that he channeled to the poor, to widows, to the hungry, and more. He died nearly broke with only a few coins in his pocket because he distributed so much wealth to those in need, keeping a bare minimum for himself. So throughout this series, we're going to talk about how God can show up in any situation. Let me quote from the script. Throughout this series, we're going to talk about how God can show up in any situation at any moment and how we must learn to live ready through the highs and lows of life. At any moment, and we have to learn to live ready. Live ready through the highs, live ready through the lows. Be ready to be used by God, whether you're floating on cloud nine or be ready to be used by God if you're all the way down at the bottom. Adding a little to it, that's, that's smart to add at least a little bit to it. I mean, at least that's good. I mean, he's not deviating in any way, shape, or form. He's just adding, obviously, comments that are much right in line with the script. Whether you've hit rock bottom or you're climbing high, God can use you. God wants to use you. God will use you if you will live ready. Now, when I say live ready, I'm sure there are lots of images that come to mind. All right, back to the script. When I say live ready, I'm sure there are many images that come to mind. <laughs> oh, man, this, this is creepy. How, how just literally like, and someone in the comment section just put, that is a bold move. To post this to the internet, how fun will that be when a church member tries to Google the sermon and six others pop up? Absolutely. And, and again, it would be one thing just, just to come out and say, hey, we purchased this sermon series and we're going to be utilizing this sermon series for the next four weeks. But he clearly, clearly, it was, it was I, I, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe I'm being too harsh, but to me, it's completely deceitful to say, hey, we're going to, I'm starting a sermon series that we're going to be doing for the next four weeks, and we entitled it, Who's the We? N none of you entitled anything. It was purchased for $50 if you purchased it from the same company I purchased it from. For me, I think about being vigilant. I think about being alert. I think about being awake. I also think about getting ready. I see that's such gar. Oh, now see now that ticks me off. 
Because he says, when I say live ready, I'm sure there are many images come to mind. And then you hear how he said it? For me, I think about being vigilant, alert. No, no, you don't. You're reading it from the script. Let me read it from the script. When I say live ready, I'm sure there are many images that come to mind. For me, I think about being vigilant, alert, and awake. He could not even change that. Why would he say, for me? It's not for you. You're reading it on a piece of paper. For church, sometimes Danielle's ready. Sometimes she's not. That's why we drive two cars some days. I heard a story about a fellow who's talking about... um, Now, at least now he's making it more personal. Now he's adding it to it. But what he should not say, for me, I think about being vigilant, alert, and awake... He, because that that's not him saying that you're reading it from a piece of paper. At this point, you could have at least deviated and just gave your own ideas of what it meant, but okay. About his wife, about taking her to dinner, and how he was ready an hour before. And he said that she always gets struck blind every time she goes in her closet. He said every time she goes in there, she says, there's nothing in here to wear. There's nothing in here to wear. There's nothing to wear. She'd bring out an outfit and she'd say, what do you think about this? And he'd say, I think you'd look beautiful in that. She'd say, well, you're just saying that. He'd say, well, okay, I am just saying it, but let's put it on before they they end up selling the restaurant again. Let's just go. So when I think about living ready, I think about that. When I think about living ready, I think about the process of mental preparation for sports. Whether it's Reflecting on the days whenever I was an athlete, whether it's reflecting on the days when my daughter's training clients, whether it's reflecting on Dason's basketball, the mental preparation that goes into getting ready to execute a game plan. Dason will have practice later today. They are getting ready for their game on Tuesday. So there's a lot of different thoughts that come into our minds when we start talking about living Ready. But what I want to talk about today is about being vigilant, being alert, being awake. In regards to your soul, we have to stay awake and alert throughout our lives. Now, he said there's all these different ideas, but what I want to talk about, no, what the script is telling you to talk about. There's nothing personal about this. This is you. So now he's reverted right back now to the script. You, you can tell immediately when he comes back to the script. You can, it's like you can just, you know immediately, oh, back on the script, back on the script. Because God can and will show up in some of the most unexpected and unusual moments we've ever imagined. So our first point, we have to keep watch. All right, so let me read this exactly from the script. God can and will show up in some of the most unexpected and un- unusual moments. And then right there in bold, the first point, keep watch. <laughs> oh, man. Keep watch. If you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 24. <laughs> Literally, the script says, if you have a Bible, Matthew 24, literally from the script. (laughs) All right, all right, all right, here we go. It's where we're going to look today. Matthew chapter 24. This passage of scripture is where Jesus talks about the future things to come. Right from the script. Matthew 24 is a passage where Jesus talks about the future things come. I guess he doesn't know that Matthew 24 is a chapter that talks about 70 AD. But why would he know that? Because it's not in the script. Okay, If the script doesn't mention 70 AD, why would he mention 70 AD? Because he's reading a script that he bought for $50. And here's what he challenges us to do in this passage. In verse 42... He says, therefore, keep watch because and just he literally that's directly from the script. OK, this is a passage of scripture where Jesus talks about the future things to come. Here is what he challenges us to do in this passage. Literally, literally, like everything is straight from the script. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Say, I don't know. 
I'll say that again. I don't know. All right, I'm going to remind you, neither does anybody else on Christian television. They don't know either. The Bible applies to them too. I don't care what they're selling, how many uh, things they've got to offer. They may have uh, hand-autographed copies of the Bible by Jesus himself. They don't know. You're going to criticize other people when you literally bought a sermon that you're reading almost verbatim, word for word. But you're going to criticize other people and their preaching and their teaching. You're going to criticize what other people say about eschatology when you obviously don't even realize Matthew 24 has a lot to say in regards to something in the past. But because the script says it's all future, you read it that way. But you're going to criticize people on Christian television. They don't know. Verse 43 But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. Verse 44, so you also must be ready, say ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Keep watch. Jesus is saying in this passage, speaking about himself, that we must. (laughs) Now he's saying it authoritatively. It's literally from the script. Jesus in this passage is speaking about himself. He says that we must keep watch for his coming. What does he mean by this? The Bible talks about the second coming of Christ. We know we, uh, we know, celebrated during Christmas time, that Jesus has come once to earth as a baby boy to save us from our sin, but there, comes a, there came a point in the ministry of Jesus when he returned to heaven. However, he surely left us with a promise as we await his return. All right, let's see how close he gets to all of that. Let's keep watch for his coming. We know that the celebration of Jesus that we do during Christmas time is regarding his first coming to the earth. Once he was a baby boy, he grew into a man, he sacrificed himself on the cross, he purchased our salvation with his blood, he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven with a promise that he would be coming back. All right, he, he, he ad-libbed a little bit of that. He didn't just go verbatim, but I mean, he's giving you the exact same statement that's in the paragraph. He left us, but he told us to wait on a promise for his return. That's verbatim from it. He left us with a promise as we await his return. All right, pr- pretty close, not verbatim, but pretty close. Look at verse 44 again. So you also must be ready. Why? Because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect Him. Wouldn't it be so cool if we could know when a crime would be committed? (laughs) Literally from the script, wouldn't wouldn't it be so cool if we could know when a crime would be committed? Now, we're going to have to stop there because we're in an hour and two minutes. But this is the most, uh, I don't even know what you call, do you call this a plagiarism? Is it plagiarism? I mean, he paid for it. So we're at, we got 2540 to go, 2540 to go. We have 25 minutes and 40 seconds to go. It's going to take us a long time to work through this, but I'm going to go through the whole thing just to show you this is how it works. See, I can sit here and say, we just purchased this sermon and other pastors are doing it. Here's the sermon. And I'm, and I will, we're going to go through the whole sermon together. We're going to, we're going to get this down, but I just want you to see literally how this works in real life, that this is not some conspiracy theory. There are churches all over the place Those pastors sound so authoritative, they sound so knowledgeable, but they're simply reading someone else's words. They're preaching something someone else wrote. They're preaching someone else's sermon. And in many cases, they don't let you know that's where it came from. He did not. He literally told everyone, we entitled this sermon series, Live Ready. Literally, he gives the exact title of this sermon series, In fact, I got to go back, live ready, remaining faithful in difficult times. 
And then even in some of the times he's like, uh, this is how I see. No, this is not how you see it. This is how the script tells you. He says something about Matthew 24, ignoring the fact that 70 AD is even mentioned. And then he criticizes how other people preach or teach on Christian television. Well, maybe they would preach better if they bought their sermons too. There we go. Uh, we're going to have to stop. Um, here we go. Uh, someone just said, I'm thinking some of these ad libs are theological based. In other words, he seems to be rephrasing it in a way that could be theolo- that could be theologically motivated. Possibly. Uh, to me, some of the ad libs are, 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 are very close to kind of what's already in the script. Now, it's easier for me to say that because I'm looking at the script. Uh, but I think if, uh, in fact, I will post the, the PDF of the script. I will post it. Uh, I'll post it in the Discord channel so everybody can see it. Um, I, if I can, if I, I'll, I'll get the PDF to someone who can l- upload it to the to the channel so that everybody can see it. But if I look at the ad libs, to me, he's just I mean, it's just literally saying the same thing. He's just adding some other words. Um, I, I think he's kind of following. I, I feel like he's following the theology of the sermon almost word for word. I don't think he's deviating at all from, from the theology. Now, there may be some theological motivations why he stressed certain things. I think there was one. There was one that could have been theologically motivated, I think, now that I'm thinking back. But most of these, I felt that he stayed relatively close. Well, that, 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 but that gives us something to look out for. At some point when he does deviate, does he deviate simply that just change it up a little bit where it's not straight word for word? Or does he change it up because there is a theological emphasis that he's trying to make? That, that's something good to, to pay attention to. But wow, there you are. There's, there's another, once again, we've taken some time to look into the world of pastors buying their sermons, and now we see what they do once they buy them. <laughs> they basically read them to their congregation, pretending that it's a sermon series that they were a part of entitling, <laughs> which to me is complete deceptive, deceitful, and wrong. All right. Um, like when he said why, uh, why Jesus died, he said for our salvation instead of what the script said. Okay, that's true. Uh, the script said, let me go back if I can find where that exact phrasing is used. The script said, um, he did add a little bit more to it. Um, let's see here if I can go back down. Um, uh, in this passage, Jesus is speaking of himself. It says that we must keep watch for his coming. What does this mean by this? The Bible talks about the second coming of Christ. We know cele- uh, celebrated during Christmas time that Jesus had once has come to earth, once to earth as a baby to save us from our sin. But there came a point in the ministry of Jesus when he returned to heaven. However, he surely left us with the promise as we await his return. So I, I, th- I think it's still there. He definitely emphasized it a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, there, 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 there could be a little bit of theological mo- motivation there. I, I, maybe I'm just too skeptical. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think the person wants to do the work to change anything for theological reasons. Because he's just obviously buying the sermons. I, it's, this is a church we're going to have to look into to see how many of the sermon series are straight up purchased. It, maybe this is a one-time thing. He was busy. But even if he did so, all you got to do is say, hey, guys, I purchased a sermon series. I'm going to be using that sermon series for the next four weeks. But instead, he makes it sound like he helped didn't give it a title. He didn't give it the title. Crazy. All right, we'll stop right there. You can email me your thoughts about this entire weird, crazy, bizarre world of pastors buying their sermons. Your thoughts, your, and, and, and I'm trying not, look, there's some of it I'm trying not to be critical about. I, I, I would love to hear their explanation for the why, but man, if you're going to do it, there's got to be some way of letting the people know, hey, I'm, I'm basing this off of this or whatever, something. And even if you're going to base it off of it, can't you just like, Throw out the script and just create your own based off the basic premise that they're giving you? I don't know. You can email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. We're already at an hour and eight minutes. 
So I don't have, uh, well, I, I, I don't have any profound thing to say at the end, except here's the church today. What do you think about it? Thanks for listening. God bless.